Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Rise and shine. Pour yourself a cup of coffee and tune in to Good Morning Aurora. News, weather, and really cool interviews. Monday through Friday from 8 to 9 a.m. So we will be. We won't right, we're right. We're live now? Yeah. Hi. Yeah, <laughs> hey, y'all. Hello, audience. Yep. It is live right now. All right. All right. You got to do the thing. Yeah, I got to do the thing. Good morning, Aurora. Good morning, Aurora. Good morning, Aurora. Good morning, Aurora. Yes. The time is 7.59 a.m. And you're listening to Jeanette Splaining. We back. Friday. We back. We're back. Yep. And I don't feel like death anymore. Yes. Yes. Um, so Jeanette survived Jeanette, the Jeanette Mer- survived. Moderna. That's what it was. Yes, I had the Moderna vaccine. Uh, the first dose I had, I was fine, except for this phenomenon called COVID arm, which is where your arm gets a little like puffy and red, like right. weirdly eight days after you actually get the vaccine, <laughs> uh, and then it goes away a day or two later. And then I got my second vaccine, and that was uh, that was hell. That was awful. It was awful. Uh, I was deathly. I felt deathly ill. And have a newfound appreciation for all of those people who got COVID really early on in mm. this pandemic and felt like they might die. Right. Um, and uh, and that lasted for about a day, uh, during which we did our last episode of this podcast. That's right. That's right. That's <laughs> and right. I, and I attempted to sound alive. You were a trooper that day. I was going You were for a it. trooper. I put all of my energy into that and then got home and just like passed out for like like 20 hours, right. um, which was great. Sometimes you need a reset, you know. You do, yeah. Um, but you're back. But I'm back. Glad to have you. And I'm here to tell you, like, even if you might feel like death for a day, <laughs> just plan to take that day off, right? right? And, and go get your vaccine anyway. So before we get into the news, I, what is your overall opinion on the, the um, efficiency of the whole vaccination process in uh, Aurora? In Aurora. Yeah. So I think I haven't been to one of the mass vac sites yet. I think you've been to one of the mass vac yes. sites here. Yeah. So you can talk a little bit more about the specifics of Aurora. But the idea, like, now that we've got these mass vac sites going and once they've got a flow and once everyone's able, you know, mm-hmm. yes, it's a, it's a pain in the butt to try and, and get an appointment, right? right? To, like, be one of the first people in line, basically. It's kind of like everyone waiting for an iPhone. Yeah. But... <laughs> Seriously, it was like it was like we were looking for Jordans out there right. yesterday. It was crazy. I don't... I don't... I've never attempted to buy Jordans, but I have attempted <laughs> to buy an iPhone. Um, but, but, yeah, like, like, that, that's a little bit of a monster right now, but it sounds like once you're in the... Once you're in line, you know, once you've got the appointment, then it's all kind of working. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I think that one of the big challenges is going to be the second dose stuff, mm-hmm. right? Because if you're getting a two-dose vaccine, you've got a window for your second dose. Right. It's got to be, like, at least for for Moderna, it's 28 to 42 days after your first dose. For Pfizer, it's 21 to 42 days after your first dose that you have to get the second one. And so that's going to be a little bit of a trickier nightmare because, like, then it's suddenly like, oh, I don't just got to get in. I got to get in in this window right. sort of thing. Of course. Now, to anyone who's worried about that, if you miss the window by a few days, still go get your second shot. It's just like, it, ideally, you want to get it in that window. Right. So that's going to get tricky. But it sounds like things are starting to move a lot faster. The National Guard has been called in, mm. <laughs> right, up in Batavia. That's right. And we got news about that, y'all. We, we do. do. We do. Uh, real quick, so just a good morning to you guys out there. It's 8.03 a.m. And you are listening to and watching Good Morning Aurora, the second largest city's first daily news podcast. This is Jeanette Splaining, though. See what I mean? Hi. This is Jeanette Splaining. And it's a lot of fun 
and we are here downtown on a nice sunny Friday. So good morning, everybody. All right. Uh, so let's get into the news about the mass vax site that's happened let's, Batavia. Let's talk about mass vax. Let's talk about uh, reopening. We've got some news about that. All of this is good, guys. Right. All of it, it's all good. It's all good news today. All good. We don't have anything bad to talk about, do we? Uh, well, we got the G word, which could be dicey, we'll, but we'll, we'll take it. Yeah. It. yeah, it'll be okay. <laughs> all right. So, uh, so first, the the big news is that uh, the governor made some announcements yesterday. Right. Um, and um, the biggest thing is that starting April 12th, everybody in the state of Illinois who is 16 or older will be eligible for a vaccine. Yay! This is, this is yeah, snaps, snaps, like my sorority sisters. That's, that's what we would do. Right yeah. Um, so uh, everybody, every everybody sixteen or older will be eligible. This is now that doesn't mean that everybody's going to be able to go and get one on day one because of we still have right. we still have supply issues. But it means that everyone will be able to at least like have a chance to sign up, right? right. So regardless of your health issues or anything else, this is amazing news uh, because it means that we will be able to achieve some sense of herd immunity and thus some sense of uh, normalcy sooner mm. rather than later. Right. So the um, the other announcements that he made were kind of like what we're working towards as a state. Mm -hmm. So um, he and, uh, so right now we're in phase four of COVID restrictions. And if you've been following this, uh, and I can't imagine why anyone would because it's, unless you really have to, because it's just so bureaucratic and crazy. <laughs> but there's five phases in the Restore Illinois plan. First, phase one was like pure, was like lockdown, like stock up on booze and stay home. Yes. And then it's, you know, phase two and three and four, like kept opening more and more and more. We're in phase four right now. Right. You'll remember there were phase four with tier restrictions and then it was different based on your kind of like your region. Right. And so you were in region eight and in restore and like and in phase four with like tier three restrictions it was just a bureaucratic nightmare and then i remember there was some angst because there are people in certain parts of a region yeah. that didn't want to be bound to yes. the region yeah so you'll see like there were places where kendall county was originally in the same region as like all of chicago land right. and then the regions got split up again right. so that they could get moved into a region that was more like with grundy county and mm -hmm. all of those places um so, yeah, which Kendall County is weird county because it's really urban in one area and really, like, totally rural in, in the rest of it. So. Frog in the corner and he go right. Crambone. Yes, which <laughs> I still don't get that reference, but I saw that somebody else did, so I guess it's legit. Tracy Duran won that shirt, boy. <laughs> <laughs> so, so uh, the governor yesterday announced a bridge from phase four to phase five, which is completely open. But if we have to, we'll shut we'll shut you back down again. Okay. Um, and the way for us to get there is a bridge. Now there's a bridge. There's so many things happening Damn. with this, this plan. What's the what? thing about selling people bridges? I I don't. Um, but there's a bridge. He's not selling <laughs> it. He's just giving it away. But gotcha. you have to. In order for us to get there, for so basically in order for businesses to open more than they already are, so right. higher capacity limits in, inside, events outside, probably singing in church again, um, we need to get 70% of our 65 plus populations, our, our older folks. 75% of Se our 65 plus population. 70%. 70%. Yes, okay. I know. There's a lot of numbers flying around. There is. This is crazy. So many numbers. Yeah. So yeah, you need to... Uh, go convince grandma or mom, you know, to go. Or auntie or, or yeah. whomever, yeah. You, you know, the dear old people in your life or yeah. even the not so dear, but you right. really want to go to a restaurant again. People Tell them there's no microchips. In your life. In yes. The, right. Yeah. No, there's a little beeping in my arm, but like, I'm sure it's nothing. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Shit. Jeanette's a robot in here, y'all. <laughs> Good morning to Tracy Duran. Good morning to Jen as well. Good morning, Greg. Good morning, morning Diesel. Good morning, everybody. And good morning to Chad Dawes. Shouts out. Oh, from, hi, um, yep, from Treadwell. Good morning to Daniel Yang and the entire Prodigal Network as well. 
Um, so, hi, y'all. So, <laughs> continuing on with the rest of the announcements of, of uh, this whole press conference thing yesterday was that uh, we moved to full phase five, which is no restrictions. We can maybe take off our masks if the CDC says it's okay. Like, maybe. we can have parties again yeah the, they've kind of set aside the mask thing as a oh we're just gonna go with whatever the cdc says so right. um which is fine uh but full everything open yeah you can go to concerts maybe they'll do maybe riot fest will happen in the fall like these kinds of things um uh when 50 percent of illinoisans have at least a first dose Ooh. So, yes. 50%. 50% of Illinoisans. So, um, in Kendall County right now, I know the stats on that off my head, off the top of my head, that's about 13% are fully vaccinated there. So, more have a, at least a full dose. Right. I don't know what the stats are up here. I'd have to take a look, but I can, I can do that. Um, we're not there, but opening it up to 16 and above, everybody, right, will get us there. Oh, and yeah. getting the doses will get us there. The only thing that will stop us from all this happening is people saying, I don't know if I really want one. Yeah, yeah, right. Don't be that guy. Yeah, don't be that person. Or yeah. that gal. Don't, that right, person. that individual. Don't be that person. Please don't. Yeah. Because we all, we all just want to go to a concert again. If you were at yesterday's mass vax site between the time of noon and five o'clock, your favorite radio host was there volunteering and helping people and it was quite an event i like the efficiency behind it shouts out let's all get vaccinated let's all do our part to get back to uh the ability to see concerts shouts out to bleak 182 the last concert i saw that was the last concert you saw the last concert was I it in 1998 or no, no? okay <laughs> Yeah, they're taking it back. It's Flashback Friday on Jeanette's planning, y'all. It usually is. It's usually. Yes, I yes. usually say something that gives away my age. All right. Um, <laughs> yeah. um, I, I just wanted to read one quick thing for the folks, though. Um, so in regards to Batavia, especially, the mass vaccination site in Batavia is opening today for all of our residents who meet the COVID-19 eligibility guidelines. That's much earlier than the anticipated April opening. And there are discussions underway with the National Guard about establishing sites in Carpentersville and Elgin. The three sites provide central locations for the country's more than counties, excuse me, more than 546,000 residents to be vaccinated. Yeah. So now at this point, the only thing that is going to hold us back is how many doses we can actually get in into the county. And then that's a pure how fast are they getting made sort of thing. So word up. Yeah. And uh, the more Johnson and Johnson vaccines we get, the faster this goes, because that's a one day, you know, everyone just gets, you, you get the vaccine and then you're just done. It's a one and done. Um, um, 38, so before now, we're going to get into some news items, but $38 million in American Rescue Plan funding. We're jumping to that? Yeah. Let's All right. About, yeah, let's do a little bit of that. Okay. Let's do a little bit of that. So, you will all recall um, that you just got fat stacks in your checking account from right. the IRS, maybe even this past week. Some We're going to people... hit y'all with the cash app and the PayPal. You can see Yeah, that. you right. can just, right. <laughs> if you would like to support your very favorite podcast, right. uh, you can uh, check out goodmorningaurora.com and just make a little contribution. That's right. You know, some of us got to eat. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but... Yeah, so you will recall that you probably got your stimulus check already, or it's coming very soon. I got mine, I think, yesterday or the day before, something like that, mm -hmm. right? Um, so cities and counties, uh, local governments all over the country are also getting a stimulus check. So, But they're cities, so they're bigger. Damn, um, so the whole city gets a stimmy. The whole city gets a stimmy. Everybody? Mayor Urban, what's up? What, 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 what that stimmy at? <laughs> right. And, you know, it's based on a number of things, based on, I think, probably population and how much you said you lost, you know, due to COVID and right. all, all of these things, right? There's there's some, a formula because there's always a formula. And um, in Aurora, that number is $38 million. So we're just getting $38 million oh. um, for to go into the city's coffers and to be used in... Um, so, as in all things in government, right, there will be specific thing, like, uh, things that we're allowed to use that money on. 
But if you recall our discussion from a few weeks ago about how no Lori Lightfoot didn't just take all of the COVID money and give it to cops, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. There's also always a shell game happening, right? Where mm-hmm. uh, you know we get the money for one thing and then we kind of move things around to fill the budget holes and we say that the money came from pot A, but really, but I guess it came from pot B, but really does it matter? It's all just going into the same place and then getting distributed. So we're getting $38 million from the city. And our question to the listeners yes. uh, today is, what would you do if you had $38 million in this to like to it, for the city of Aurora? Like, you're if you're mayor for a day, and you're like, $38 million just showed up, and I wasn't expecting it, what do you want to do with that? Let us know in the comments. If you were mayor for a day, and you had $38 million with which to do what you wanted for the city of Aurora... What would you do? Now, what I'm going to do to help you jog to jog some ideas is, uh, and let's be clear that it you can say whatever you want because I, I don't think that, uh, I don't think city leadership is going to be like, oh yeah, that was a good idea I heard on Good Morning Aurora. Let's yeah. just do that. They should. They should, because, yeah. Uh, we are brilliant and so are our listeners. But, um, I'm going to put some of that figure into perspective because for most people, $38 million is not a real number. So um, the city's budget this year was about $477 million in expenditures. So um, that's that's total what they had planned to spend in the budget this year. $477 million. So to put that in perspective... If you make about $40,000 a year, which is pretty average for an Auroran, it would be like getting a $3,200 check out of nowhere that you're not expecting. So that's not nothing, but it's also not like, uh, you know, I can retire now. So right, yeah. it's, it, uh, it's about 8% of, of the overall budget. So, um, so that's kind of what we're looking at in terms of how what this means or like how this feels to the city um and i also want to give you some perspective of what things cost in government because when you're talking about an organization that is so large um and you're doing major infrastructure projects major infrastructure costs a lot of money it does so um if we are so so thinking about things that cities normally buy um a bridge so the downer place bridge we replaced that maybe like well it's been several years ago now um but when we replaced that that was about 6.8 million so about seven million dollars to buy a bridge um it's about a hundred thousand dollars a year per employee when you include in all their benefits so if you wanted to buy like get a bunch more staff it's a budget for about a hundred thousand dollars a year in perpetuity Perpetuity, uh, word of the day. Perpetuity. A new water tower, like the new water, the water tower that exists that's been there for a long time at the corner of Randall and Indian Trail, that's about $5 million to build. Get this, $100,000 just to paint a water tower. That's crazy. Isn't that crazy? That's insane. $100,000. And it, it sounds insane until you're like, well, I guess I can't just go to Menards and like pick up some latex paint and, and get at it, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, I'm good for like 20 feet, but you know, it's right. going up to the top of the shit. Yeah. Right. And that's the other thing, right? Like, so it's specialty paint because it's got to be anti-rust and all of these things. Right. Um, but then it's also, it's done by like the union painter guys because you're on, it's not just like scaffolding. They're basically like like repelling off of right this giant terrifying structure union painters cost money right but it's also a highly skilled thing because if you just put any idiot up there right he's gonna <laughs> yeah. fall off and die and then my cousin can paint that day, no? yeah right you're gonna have a lawsuit on your hands so it's about a hundred thousand dollars to paint a water tower uh, uh if you wanted to buy um a a bear cat for the police department they already have one but like let's say um they needed another one yeah let's say they needed to bust down more doors i don't know that's about 250 grand or so um to buy one of those like Damn. brand new i think the one that they've got 
last time I rode around in it, uh, it was actually a repurposed truck. So I don't know if it cost them that much. But like, if you want to just buy one new, like use your DEA funds and buy some surplus military equipment, that's that's about the ballpark. Mm. Um, ah, every year we pay a police pension obligation of about three and a half million dollars. So um, this is kind of a big one because one of the things that has most cities like most stretched in their budgets is that you have a police force they they're entitled to a pension but if you don't it's like your own 401k if you put like a little bit of money in when you're 20 then you're fine when you're 60 but when if you don't start saving until you're 50 then you've got to put an awful lot of money in to not eat cat food when you're in retirement right and that is a problem that's happening in communities across the state of illinois some communities are such that all of the property taxes 100 percent of property taxes are paying just for their police pension liability damn yeah so um that's crazy so we could like toss money into the like kind of pay ahead sort of thing um or set it aside and here's my favorite guys 38 million dollars i did the math on this um there are the capacity of Hassett House, the full capacity of Hassett House, if they have a place completely booked, um, is 250 people on a given night. Mm-hmm. Uh, you could, with $38 million, rent a $700 apartment for every person in Hassett House for the next 19 years. So, Damn. Yes. So... Um, you could theoretically take that $38 million and put it to some like big, uh, like it, it's one of, if you spread it out amongst a whole bunch of different things, you buy a lot of little different things. You could also concentrate it into just like one thing. Right. And like end chronic homelessness, right? In Aurora. In Aurora. So like I also did the math. So when we're talking about homelessness, lots of different um, issues at, at play, right? And lots of different kinds of homelessness. Like you'll have people who just fail to make rent in a month and, and get evicted. And so they're kind of between homes. And it's like a temporary situation. Mm-hmm. Uh, you also, though, have the chronic homelessness issue. And that's only about 10 to 15% of people who are homeless experience chronic homelessness. Mm-hmm. And those are the guys that you see that are like, uh, that have basically been living at Hassett House for many, many, many years um, that you see on the streets a lot, right? And uh, who can't manage to stay out for a variety of reasons. So where Hassett House is a revolving door for them. Right. And um, so that's about 10 to 15% of the population. We could take those guys, put them in permanent supportive housing for the next 138 years. Damn. So... Very um, good perspective with these numbers. So we are going to talk about some other issues in downtown Aurora, um, outdoor dining and all of these different things. And, yes. You know, whenever you have the outdoor dining question, people always say, well, I don't know who's going to want to dine outside of, in Aurora because there's just homeless guys that are going to come up and harass you and blah, 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 which A, has never happened to me when I've been dining in downtown Aurora. So like slow your roll. And B, could be solved. By just, like, giving these guys a place to live. I don't know. You know. Right. Low-hanging fruit. Low-hanging fruit. Fucking easy. Yeah. Yeah. So permanent supportive housing is um, one of the evidence... It's it's one of the evidence-based approaches to homelessness that has been proven sort of time and time again to just work and to end up actually being cheaper in the long run. Because what happens is you have a person with mental health issues, you have a person with substance abuse issues, you have, you know, or, or just be a lot all, for all of the different contributing factors that might cause a person to end up on the streets permanently. Right. Um, that takes resources from the city, right? The cops get called, the fire department gets called, like all of these things, right? You got the paramedics picking these guys up, taking them to the hospital, and they get treatment for whatever, and then they end up back out, right? And then it, it's just like this cycle. Mm-hmm. Costs the city a lot of money to do that. What we could do is just give these guys a home so that they're then, like, not wandering around all day, you know? And yeah. then give a them lot... something productive. Yes, and then what usually happens is you see improvements in those, um, those the issues that are contributing to the homelessness, too. So... 
permanent supportive housing. It was a big experiment in Utah, mm -hmm. beginning in the mid 2000s or so. Um, they've had a lot of success with it. I've, the the re initial reports are really overblown about like, oh my God, they just ended homelessness. And that's not entirely true, but huge amount of success. Something like a 70% reduction in the amount of like just permanent homelessness. Damn, that's awesome. That's right. Um, so we have some community shouts. Community shout outs. we get into our next uh, news item. Okay. Now, real quick, there is a blood drive coming up Monday the 29th of March at uh, Gallery, excuse me, 1 East Benton, Gallery 1904, which is the lower level. It's from noon to 5 p.m. and it's hosted by uh, our wonderful representatives of the 83rd, 50th, and 84th District. Uh, Hernandez, Keith Wheeler, and Stephanie Kipowitz. Oh, look, bipartisanship. Yeah, there it is. On blood. Yep. That's all it takes. Um, <laughs> sign up. We provided the sign up for you guys on Facebook, so make sure that you do that. It's versity.org slash IL. Every donor will save up to three lives. Shouts out. That's right. Keep all right. Going. And also, on April 2nd, that's the first first Friday coming back, <gasps> you can play video games for free. I'm just happy that First Fridays. Yes, they are returning. They are returning, you guys. That's the best news ever. Um, so shouts out to the Aurora Downtown Group for taking it to virtual and making it virtual. Well, when the pandemic started, it was really cool. Good way to keep up the engagement and good way to uh, interact with new people. A lot of new blood came out of that. Yeah. Um, so this First Friday coming up from 6 to 9 p.m., you can play video games for free with our friends of Windy City Game Theater. Oh, okay. It's a huge, big truck okay. full of TVs, full of PS5s, and, and right. Xboxes. That's kind of fun. Free, and it's sponsored by Lofshi and Associates, attorneys, realtors, and developers. Shouts out. And do good with burritos. So a great local nonprofit called My Superpowers okay. is having uh, teaming up with Chipotle at 1167 North Eola Road, Suite 105, this Saturday, so tomorrow from 4 to 8 p.m., we post the flyer for you guys. Your purchase, 33% of that, of those proceeds, will uh -huh. go to the My Superpowers Foundation, which... Oh, he's got a book. I got a book, y'all. the book. Um, it's really cool. It's a guided journal, and it uh, highlights SEL. Which is social, social emotional, emotional learning. learning. Yes, oh, yes. Very good. Um, so yeah, this is really cool. And we interviewed Stacy Montgomery, okay. the founder of this great nonprofit. So fabulous. The uh, we posted the flyer for you guys with that flyer and the code that's on there. You can save. So go get some Chipotle. Go get some Chipotle. Um, also, they have cauliflower rice now, and it is really good. Jeanette's so like, I am on a cauliflower. Like, look, cauliflower is great, right? Yes, like, yes. you can substitute it for wings if you don't eat chicken. You can substitute it for rice if you're like on the doing the low carb. Don't do keto. Don't do that to yourselves. I like you more than that. You don't need to do that. To <laughs> but like, if you are cutting back on carbs, this is fine. Like, you know, yeah. the cauliflower Hit rice. The cauliflower they, they, they spice it really well. So. Um, and then also, one more thing for you guys, that tomorrow, or excuse me, Sunday, from noon to 6, there's another pop-up show at McCarty Mills. Shouts out. Our great friends, Devin the Artist, Jen Ingram of Jen Ingram Art, and Marty DelVal will be there from noon to 6 p.m. Hop Vine Brewery is, having the, uh, is featuring the food of this pop-up. McCarty Mills is located at 140 South River Street, Suite 108, right across from the Aurora Public Library. Across from the library. Shouts out. Our, it's like our favorite block in downtown Aurora. Oh yeah, oh yeah. You can catch <laughs> coffee. Oh yeah, beer. You can catch right. your you can catch your, your radio host. You'll hosts. find us. Yes, we're out there. We are out there. We're there. <laughs> a lot. Um, and if you go to McCarty Mills on a Sunday ever, consider the breakfast pizza is to die for. Ooh. Yeah, it's really I think good. I might have had that once. I believe. Yeah. Yeah, it's not too bad. They got beer mosas too, but those are good when it's really like kind of hot. Yeah, it's too too chilly for the yes. mimosa right now. Can I just say, I, I want to criticize every purveyor of beer ever right now because I feel like there's been this real big trend towards like IPAs and like the hoppy juicy stuff. And I'm not saying I don't like that. I love all that stuff. It's great. But in winter, I want a stout or a porter. Like, you know? Yeah. It yes. was, it's been stout, or porter, stout and porter season for months. And like it's it'll be like one on the menu, I and think, everything else is an IPA. I think American and brew lacks a lot of uh, beer etiquette. 
Yeah. I, I, I do believe like, that. You need, like, that. I'm like, I need something other than a Guinness like, yeah. in the winter. Yeah. Like, I don't I mean, want... it's snowing and people out here are grabbing Pilsners and right. all that. Right. No. Like, that, yeah, is, no. that is yeah. a summer drink. Yeah. That is a getting plastered at a baseball game drink yeah. in the winter. Kane County Cougars, shout out. I need something. I need, <laughs> I need a beer I can chew. Right. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I need that first sip to just warm me up all That's the way down. That's right, even though it's cold. Yep. All right, so okay. moving on, around. moving on to um, Craft Urban and the G. You know what? Ex- let's expanded outdoor dining. Expanded outdoor dining. So, very briefly, the city has decided that, um, oh, actually, I guess it is fine if we let people eat outside. So, <laughs> right. there's been a lot of resistance to that for a pretty long time, um, for some reason, in our government. Uh, part of it was uh, our sidewalks are not super large, you know, in, in they're not real wide in downtown Aurora. Right. So, there are some concerns, like legitimate, like, entrance egress concerns in a lot of spots. But, like, also there was this weird vibe that was like, well, people aren't going to want to eat outside in downtown Aurora because, like... You know, there's traffic and homeless people. And I'm like, people really like to eat outside. Yeah, they do. It's a thing. Yeah. And then suddenly the we were... The Valley Dwell patio alone. Right. Even sakes. though that thing is always like, like the bugs from the dam nearby are just like crazy. Yeah. Um, and the fish smell from the dam. But like maybe they could just take out the dam. Just saying, guys, because it's great for not killing fish. Um... <laughs> So, but yeah, the, sarcasm popping the, on the people. This is the greatest. Like, look, dams kill fish. Just well, we don't need dams anymore. We don't get our hydroelectric power from the river. Right. We just don't. So anyway, a tangent for another day. People like to eat outdoors, uh, and then we were thrust into this pandemic where you had no choice. And then suddenly the city kind of figured out, like, oh yeah, I guess we could probably eat, let people right. eat outdoors. So now we're doing that, which is great. I'm I'm really happy for that. So they have expanded. Some of the uh, options uh, loosen some restrictions for how you can get your restaurant can get approved to have more outdoor seating, hmm. which is excellent. Um, so Aurorans might soon be launching in a parklet. A parklet, there are actually three types according to city officials, is an outdoor dining area created out of parking areas for rights of way so restaurants can expand dining options. Those are those yellowy and orange stripy things that you guys see. Uh, especially around like the corner of Galena and Stolf right there, like right in front of uh, Altero. Uh, the city last summer created such spaces for restaurants, as Jeanette just told us. And this year, they want to continue to expand the practice. Last summer's outdoor seating program was extremely successful, said Trevor Dick, the city's development strategy and facilitation director. We heard a lot of great feedback from not just restaurants and bars, but people who ate and drank at the establishments as well. So credit, credit to The Beacon for their fine reporting right. on this issue. Shouts out. Shout out to The Beacon. Um, yeah, so expanded outdoor dining. The great thing about this is now that they're actually going to codify it, then we can maybe have barricades and stuff that are a little bit more pleasing to the eye. You know, it'll allow uh, restaurants to actually think about putting money into outdoor dining infrastructure Rather than having giant traffic barriers, they're maybe having the pretty planters and like the little gated things like you see in Chicago all the time. Where, by the way, there's also traffic and homeless people, and yet people still like to eat outside. Right. So this is great. I'm a fan of this. You know, the more, too, that we can... Here's where I'm going to sound like a hippie. Oh, shh. Get ready. (laughs) So, you know, everyone... Every downtown ever, every suburban downtown ever in particular, has the parking issue. Every one of them. Because when you're in the suburbs, everybody thinks that they should be able to park immediately three feet in front of the door of wherever it is that they're going and and, and expect to have that spot every, every single time. Mm-hmm. Everyone is entitled. They feel entitled to the parking like immediately adjacent to the business they want. Right, and then yeah. businesses feel entitled to the parking spaces immediately in front of their businesses mm-hmm. being reserved for their people like for their their customers right and i get it because we're suburbanites and we don't like to actually walk and things um but (laughs) the the but the fact of the matter is is that downtown aurora actually does have an adequate amount of parking um there's plenty of it part of it is all in the parking decks so if in Jeanette's humble opinion 
which is not worth anything. Well, she's splaining right now, so she's it's splaining. worth a lot. It's worth a she's lot. She's splaining. Yeah. So, you know, we're going to see all these outdoor expanded dining options. Maybe it's an okay thing to experiment with letting them take a few parking spaces and actually, like, have that outdoor, uh, interactive, engaged vibe. And maybe we could just make the parking decks free. Oh. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That would right? be good. Because uh, currently the... Um, uh, the parking fees, right? It costs like a buck or two to pay for the parking deck, mm-hmm. like to stay in the parking deck right now. And that pays for the maintenance on the parking deck. And I'm not saying that there's no cost to maintaining a parking deck. There absolutely is. They require maintenance to not crumble. Right. Um, but it could be a real investment in our downtown community to say like, we've made the parking decks free. Come shop in downtown Aurora. You can park free here, right? Oh, hell yeah. You see that in most suburban communities, right? You go to Naperville, all the parking is free, even in the parking decks. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just a way of saying, uh, of removing as many barriers as possible to keeping people from coming to downtown Aurora and spending money. It would seem so, like an administrative no-brainer. Would it not? You know, um, different cities take different philosophies for how they want to pay for certain things. Mm. Um, Sometimes everyone just recognizes that you have expenses that just need to get paid out of the general fund and whatever, right? Right. Um, Salaries for people, salaries for your finance people or whatever, you know, or Mm -hmm. all all of that. Um, But sometimes they take a philosophy of, this is what's called an enterprise fund. That's actually your vocabulary word of the day. Enterprise an fund. Enterprise fund. Okay. So for switching ex- it up, y'all. Switching it up. Enterprise fund. So for example, like water and suit water is usually an inter- an enterprise fund, yeah. which means it's kind of we sort of run it like a business. So the expenses so the people who get who buy the water Right. Are the customers? Anyone who gets a water bill is a customer, and they pay for it, and then that pays for the actual maintenance infrastructure. So it's all kind of one tight little little mini business with inside the city, and um, so that that other tax dollars aren't going towards the water gotcha. system. It's just paying for itself based on what we charge for water. That's really common um, in in cities across the area, but. I get like and and so that sort of principle has been applied to our downtown parking decks and I would just like throw it out there as an idea and say you know maybe this needs to be thought of more as an economic development tool or like just a um, a function for the the public good like make the parking decks free take up some of the parking uh, that does exist in downtown in the lots or whatever and transform it into some beautiful spaces to eat outside um see what happens see if people see if it changes the vibe of downtown aurora i feel like it might make it a little more livelier good morning to norma peterson good morning to leticia million or millen as well good morning guys hi hello there um so you guys are having a great morning i could already tell and i know norma's probably sipping on her dunkin donuts norma norma yeah norma's a good friend of the show shouts shouts out to norma there's a lot of local coffee you can buy right now. Well, I, you know what? I don't know where Norma lives. But she brought Duncan one. On our interview, I think she brought um, Brother Duncan. Good for, I mean, that you know, cool. look, all coffee is good coffee. All coffee is good. That's right. Um, and also, good morning to um, Jen Mendoza as well. Much success going on out there. And I want to say good morning to Cottonseed Creative Exchange and Tyler, who just made it down to Texas. The time is 8.37, and you are listening to Jeanette Splainin' season, or excuse me, episode two, season one on Good Morning Aurora. Yeah, you like that? We're episodes and seasons now. I don't know when we're going to start the new season, because I... Th- I don't know. I don't, we'll, 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 we'll get there it's, together. Right? Yeah, all right. <laughs> Who knows? We'll just make it up as we yep, go along. exactly. It's fine. Next week's going to be like season two, episode yeah. one. We'll just, we'll just mess with you. That's how we roll, y'all. Um, are we going to talk the G word now? Yeah, we're going to do the G word and then we're going to end on the G word. We're We're going to end on the G G word. word. All right. right. Okay. So, uh, let me just preface it real quick. So here's the thing, guys. Gentrification 
Yeah. Is it's not the other G it's not the G spot, it's the G word. Right, the G yeah. word, yeah. <laughs> Gentrification is um it's a thing, it's real, and it has affected many uh communities, uh many minority communities and communities of color. However, what is development and what is gentrification? Right? Where where is does one business coming to town spell the end of of a community of color in a city, or is it just merely development? So let's talk craft urban, okay? Yeah. Aurora uh, has endorsed a new deal with craft urban for downtown. Robert O'Connor, Alderman, called it simply a reorientation of the plan. Uh, so the building at 41 South Stolp, uh, craft urban is trying to have that be a restaurant. Uh, there's a proposed amendment to the deal. The Aurora City Council Finance Committee recommended an amendment to their deal with owner Bernie Laskowski, who was bringing a version of his popular Geneva restaurant into downtown Aurora. The original agreement first agreed to in December 2019 and finally approved in early April of last year called for a total of $1.1 million that would include the city loaning $690,000 to be paid back over 10 years. Laskowski and Kraft Urban would spend $300,000 on finishing the restaurant and about another $150,000 towards the purchase of the property. Now, so, so uh, if you didn't catch all of that, that's the building we're talking about in downtown Aurora is uh, for you old timers, the Assel's Photography, right? Uh, the corner of. Stolp and um, Downer. Stolp and Downer, mm-hmm. right? Um, and and kind of where that little vacant vacant spot that was a tiny little building and then became a vacant lot because it was going to be another building and now it's not that anymore, right? Um, so that is uh, um, uh, that's where it's going, where it's planned to go. The um. The craft urban is if no one's been, it's it's quite like I'll give it I'll give it at least one and a half thumbs up, right? I was actually just there last week, um, for for cocktails and dinner, and yeah, oh, um, so <laughs> yeah, cocktails are amazing. They were really good. The uh, uh, pumpkin soup fell a little bit flat for me, but that's just because I once had Chef Amari's pumpkin soup, and that will make you see God. Mm-hmm. So like. <laughs> Matt, please come back, Amari. Please come back. We miss you. That was the place that was on New York Street. That was thirty three West, okay. New York Street. Wait, yeah, we're going, we're going a little far back now. But, uh, but good salad at Craft Urban. Good cauliflower wings at mm-hmm. Craft Urban. We had so, um, so it's it's a nice spot. It'll be a good asset to downtown Aurora, I think. Um, the question, though, at hand is we've uh, so we've brought in Craft Urban. We brought in El Tiro. We brought in, um, theoretically, uh, Stolp Island Social, if they reopen. Right. I, I, I actually never um, made it over there because I don't eat steak, but uh, I hear I it was great. I haven't made it there either. I yeah, I, I, I just I don't eat steak, um, but I'm sure it was delicious. Um, and so, you know, we're bringing in a lot of these restaurants that, that people really want, right? People like restaurants um, that offer something different. Does that contribute to gentrification is sort of the question in right. front of us. A lot of different moving pieces, I think, um, because at the same time, you also have a lot of new housing coming in with higher rents than we have seen before right. in downtown Aurora. That is also true. Mm-hmm. And someone would say, oh, my God, gentrification. Yeah, maybe, maybe. Uh, one of the biggest driving forces of, of gentrification, or one of the biggest variables, is the proportion of people who are renting and the people who are who own their properties. Mm-hmm. So let's say you bring in a whole bunch of fancy stuff, right? And and all the property values, as a result, go up, right? And and renters are charging, landlords are charging more for their rentals. That is, uh, then the people who have lived in this area for a very long time suddenly can't 
can't afford it, right? right? So right. so we bring in all these fancy things, and then the owners of, say, the Galena Hotel are realized, like, oh, we could actually turn this into, like, a legit hotel and, and charge a lot more for the room, you know? And then suddenly the people who are living in the Galena Hotel, like, who are paying, you know, 50 bucks a week or something insanely low, don't have that option anymore, and you're driving those people out. That would be classic gentrification. Um, will that happen because of a couple of restaurants? That's kind of the question. Right. And um, the other piece of it is if you have uh, a lot of owner-occupied buildings, mm -hmm. right? So maybe maybe we do bring in a whole bunch of restaurants, but everybody around those that those new restaurants and businesses own their own properties. Um, maybe they own their own businesses. They own their own, or they own their own the properties that their businesses are in. They own their own homes, right? And you bring in all these business, these restaurants and things like that. The, pro the value of their properties goes up and they actually benefit rather than getting pushed out. Now they realize like, oh, my house is worth a lot more. Maybe I'll sell it and move and retire, you know? Right. Or maybe I will just stay here forever and pass it on to my kids and then you start building wealth in a community. So I'm inclined rather than to take a position on whether or not this new development in our downtown contributes to gentrification, I'm inclined to say more, that's not the question that we're asking. The question that we need to be asking is, how do we bring everybody with us, right? right. Because people want new restaurants. We want good coffee shops and we want cute boutiques and we want all of these things, right? We, we also want, want inclusivity. We want inclusivity. So maybe the answer is not like, yes or no to bringing in these new businesses maybe the answer is more like well how do we make sure that the people who are living in our community are also getting economic opportunities that will allow them to stay in our community sure yeah to take part in right right, right. so home ownership programs are a huge part of that right mm -hmm. like if you are putting money into developing properties to bring in new businesses, these big, these fancier new restaurants or whatever, maybe you need to be putting in at least as much money into home ownership programs that get people into like and staying in their homes. And historically, sure. the city of Aurora has had many has had many of those programs. It kind of ebbs and flows with available grant funding. Right. right. Um, maybe that needs to be more of a central. Um, principle of our development strategy and that just a one-off kind of thing when they're right so uh home ownership programs a lot of times they are, are predicated on available grant funding from hud or something like that mm -hmm. um and they'll help folks with down payment assistance for their properties um and i apologize because i don't know this off the top of my head but it used to like whether these programs still exist but the city of aurora used to have programs where if you bring a certain amount of money and you are under a certain threat uh, economic threshold um will we'll contribute some money also to your down payment oh, nice. so yeah so yeah. there used to be down payment assistance programs um lots of uh different programs to help people fix up their homes so it's sort of like, and this makes development more expensive, but also more inclusive is if you're putting, uh, for every dollar that you put into developing these businesses and these bringing in and attracting these outside developers to build something big in downtown Aurora, if you're putting, maybe the answer is putting in another dollar for these home ownership programs and these other things um, to, to make sure that people aren't getting lost along the way there i solved it the time <laughs> i fixed gentrification i made it way more expensive though to develop anything and that's the bugaboo right like that's you know there's only um 38 million dollars floating around that we weren't expecting only only <laughs> the time is 8 47 a.m and um i like the dive that you took in there because I think that that was really informative for people to like understand, you know, the moving parts, as you said, all of the stuff that's involved in that. And it's not just a one off thing. Um, yeah. When it comes down to it, people want to live in nice communities that yeah. have nice things like restaurants and shops and, mm -hmm. and stuff. Right. Yep. Everybody wants that. Everyone deserves to live in a place that is nice. Right. Um, but that's the thing is that everyone deserves that.
And so how do you approach economic development in a way that doesn't leave people behind? So it's Friday the 19th and it's 8.47 a.m. What you got going on this weekend? What's the, uh, what's the, what's the plot for Jeanette? Oh, uh, Jeanette is actually volunteering at a MassVax. Okay. Um, yeah, down in Kendall County. Nice. So um, and that'll be a good chunk of my week. It's also um, where I come from. It's budget season. So uh, in my professional life, so I'll be at a, a budget workshop all weekend mm. or all, all Saturday anyway. So Are those fun? No. Okay. <laughs> no, they're as boring as you think they are. But I would encourage, uh, so budget season in, in Aurora is different. They pass a budget um, in, in December up here. I guess it's the same, but it's, um, we will, as we get closer to budget season up here in Aurora, uh, I, I think we'll, we'll, maybe we'll spend some time with that. That'll be fun. Good. I, can, I yeah. can break down some, some budgets for you and explain kind of where things go. Oh, hell yeah. That'd hell be fun. yeah. When budget season is coming around, y'all, stay tuned. Yeah. Stay tuned. Um, so we've got a great episode coming up for you guys. We're going to do some interviewing here. Check out yesterday's great episode with uh, Pierre Lucero. Pierre, shout out great. to Pierre. Shout out to Pierre. Yeah. Great episode yesterday. He, that was uh, really good. His mural is that one on the side of the um, the furniture spot. The sur- do you know the name of it in Spanish? Uh, the name of the furniture shop, mm-hmm. um, Webleria Sergio. Very good. Ha-ha. Very good. Oh, shit. Look at that. Four years of un- high school and undergrad. Good job. All right. So we hope that you guys had a blessed, positive, great morning and experience with us. Jeanette's planning part two is today and next week we'll have part three and this is a season thing and we'll come up with a name for the season. we'll decide what season we want to call it uh <laughs> have a positive weekend out there for all of you guys keep in mind that all those uh, easter initiatives start next week as well so all that cool stuff we told you about bike bald the um, egg hunts the egg hunts. if you want an egg hunt if you want to find eggs Presumably with candy inside right. instead of yolks. Uh, check out our Facebook page yes. for listings of all of those places you can find eggs. Yes. And check out uh, My Superpowers Foundation. Really good organization out there. Go get some burritos. Go get some burritos. Other than that, be blessed, be positive, have a great weekend, and we will see you back here on the Second Largest City's First Daily News Podcast on Monday with Jeanette Splaining, Friday of next week every friday every friday who that is great explanation on development the answer is and not or thank you greg much appreciated sir much appreciated that's what we try to that's the whole purpose of jeanette explaining is to make the the minutia of bureaucracy easy and fun to digest yes right right you 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 will want and then i fix everything yeah exactly and jeanette fixes shit (laughs) So there is no more uh, homelessness. You can go out there. There's and no more homelessness and no more gentrification. No we more have fixed it all in this podcast. You're welcome. Yep. So despite <laughs> what you see, it's all done. It's all done. You guys have a great day. Subscribe to the show on Spotify <laughs> and be sure to share with your friends. Thank you to all our fans, listeners, and supporters. Thanks, guys. Have a great weekend. Peace.